rejoice and be exceeding glad. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Praise your holy name, Father. We worship and adore you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you have already planned to do. We thank you, Father God, for the finished works of Jesus. We walk in it right now. Healing, deliverance, and wholeness is made available tonight in Jesus' holy and majestic name. You know, I was, I was, it was brought to my remembrance today that this month, the month of April, is actually the uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It's actually Sexual Assault Awareness Month here in the great nation of Canada. So what we're going to do before we get started, man, we're going to pray for those who have been affected by sexual assault, whether, you know, and it's never your fault. No, let nobody ever tell you that it's your fault. It's never your fault. It's, it, it's not something that you said. It's not something that you did. It's not something that you wore. It's never your fault. But God wants to bring healing to the brokenhearted today. So what we're going to do before we, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. It might have been five days ago, five weeks ago, five months ago, 25 years ago. Doesn't matter how long ago it was. God is here to bring healing to the brokenhearted tonight through this through this ministry in the name of Jesus. So we're going to pray for you before we before we even get started with the message. So lift your hands, just receive it in Jesus' name. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise that is due your name. Father, we pray for every person who's ever been sexually assaulted, molested, Father God, uh, touched it, violated it in any way that they 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 go should them anyway, Father, in the name of Jesus, whether you're male or females, Father God, in the name of Jesus, whether they're young or old, Father God, we declare the, the burden is removing, yoke is destroyed, and the you are healing broken hearts today. Father God, you're putting back together the broken hearts, the broken lives. Father, memories are being erased, erased right now in the name of Jesus. And people are receiving healing and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. Touch each and every person, Father God. Wrap your loving arms all around them. Love them, love them, love them. Let them experience your love in a greater way, Father God. Knowing that you were not behind it, Father, but you were well able to heal. You are well able to deliver. You are well able to restore that which was broken, that which was lost, that which was taken, that which was stolen. Father, we come in agreement with you right now that today healing and salvation comes to their lives. Healing and salvation comes to their homes. Healing and salvation comes to their marriages, to their relationships, is restored. They are restored to the way that it was before the incident happened. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor, Father. And from this day forward, they will no longer suffer in silence. Father, dispatch labors across their path to be able to minister to them your love, your compassion, your mercy, your healing touch now. We declare and decree that it is done and that it is so right now in Jesus' name, amen and glory to God. I want you to know it is never your fault. When a situation circumstances like that happen, it is never your fault. It's not because you drank. It's not because you let them. It is never your fault. And I'm here to tell you it happens with males and females. It's just not females. It happens more so with females. In fact, one out of every six women will either have someone who's who attempts to assault them or someone who actually goes, who actually succeeds and stuff. But I'm here to tell you, it's never your fault in no more suffering and silence. God is here to heal. He is here to restore. He's here to make you free. He's here to make you whole in the name of Jesus. And all you have to do is just receive it in Jesus name. I know uh, from personal, from a personal experience, I know it happens it does happen. And for a lot of people, they just suffer in silence. They never tell anyone. They never expose it to anyone. And, and relationships are, are torn up and all kinds of things happen. And to that person, it expresses what actually happened to them and everything. And they really begin to talk about it. And then they're seeking the father for help and healing and restoration. And I'm living proof that it's made available to you in the name of Jesus. So we just wanted to pray for you, know that we love you, we care about you, we're here for you in the name of Jesus. There's nothing 
nothing, nothing, nothing uh, uh, that you could have done uh, that brought that up, that ever warranted that happening to you. I just want to make sure that you're aware of it. Nothing that you could have said or done that warranted what happened to you. Uh, God's not mad at you. God loves you. He wrapped, he's wrapping his loving arms around you, even right now, to bring about healing and restoration to you now in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We just don't want to look past that point because, you know, even more so now, you have more and more people suffering in silence. And, 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 and it shouldn't be that way. It should be something that you should feel, you know, should have people who have hearts open and ready to hear what it now we cannot we can only empathize we can't we don't know everything we don't know everything i want to be put up we we know it all no we don't know everything but what we can do is offer love and support and 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 uh directional how to walk through this process and what most people don't understand that it is a process it's not just enough that you can talk about it once it's not just enough that you can go to a counselor session it's not just enough that you can share with a pastor or a leader one time and then boom all of it because it's a healing process because now you got to re renew your mind so you so you don't let the devil put you on the blame game saying it was all your fault it was your fault. It was your fault. And then society is telling you it's your fault. It's your fault. And God is like, it's never your fault. It's not your fault. No matter what, what the situation is, not your fault. So I would just like, and he says, he's here to restore your life. He's here to restore your mind, your will, your emotions to the way it was before that situation and circumstance happened in Jesus name. Glory to God. Well, praise God. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to welcome you to Ignite Depot, where our goal every time is to represent God and to ignite life, purpose, and identity within a generation. Our motto is to take you from a flicker to a flame in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, on behalf of Minister Juwen and the entire Ignite nation we want to welcome you to the broadcast kingdom dominion live tonight in the name of jesus well we're going to pick back up where we were last week man we started a new series last week called life after the cross and we're going to make this declaration we're going to pray and we're going to jump right in in the name of jesus make this declaration in accordance isaiah 61 and 1 it says this it says that the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captive of the open of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord the day of vengeance of our god and to comfort all who mourn Glory to God, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we give you alone the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. This is the day which you have made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. And Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship with you and in your word. We thank you, Father God, for each and every person who's watching online or listening to it by way of podcast. Father, we thank you right now and in the name of Jesus that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the manifested power of God in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that we have covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. Father, you're already moving up and down each and every hour, touching each and every household, touching each and every person who will listen to this message. Father, miracles signs and wonders burdens are being removed yokes are being destroyed lies are being changed forever and wherever mindful to give you alone all the glory all the honor and all the praise that is due your name in jesus name we pray with thanksgiving amen now man last time we was talking about life after the cross and we was talking about it was right after resurrection Sunday or what people, some people call Easter Sunday and Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price for all of our sins and iniquity past present and future and it's like man God asked this question he says if your life I made this statement if your life after you come to the cross 
is it different than before you came to the cross, something is wrong. He was talking about the fact that many people come and they accept Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, and they, they are made brand new on the inside. But if you look at their life, for the most part, their life looks a whole lot like it did before they ever went to the cross, or before they ever came and accepted Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, before they ever accepted him into their life and says, you know what, I'm tired of the old. I want to walk in the new. And so he said, if your life doesn't look any different after you came, then before you came, something is wrong. But be a good cheer, friends. We're going to help get you back on the right track today. Now, if you did not catch the message last week, I would encourage you go back, listen to part one first, because what, what we're going to do is we're going to get, we're going to pick up from the end of part one and going to add some more on to the house in the name of Jesus. Can I get one amen out there in the name of Jesus? Now, I'm going to tell you something unique about Unite, Ignite. The thing about Ignite that makes Ignite different is it's a different type of ministry. It's a teaching ministry. It's an it's a apostolic prophetic ministry, and we teach the word. We believe the word. We not only teach people what the word says, but we give them practical ways on how to carry out, but we do have a mandate or a mission that's for this a particular ministry that's going to be a little different. So it may not sound like your typical church and we're not uh, uh, we're not trying to be. In fact, we're not called to be just like every other church that's out there on the block because we have a mandate and our mandate, my personal mandate as the apostle of this house or uh, leader of this house is just found in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. And what it says is, I'm the I'm a voice, a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord, making straight, uh, making uh, make straight in the desert a highway for our Lord. Also says in Luke chapter one, verse seventeen, it talks about how how we go about, and what we do is we restore, we turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, and the hearts of the children back to the father and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And we are making ready a people prepared to meet the Lord. So our whole MO, our whole ministry mission is to, is one, to turn the hearts of people back to the uh, children, back to the father's hearts or the fathers back to their children, but to prepare a people who are ready to meet the Lord. And what the main message we preach, the main message we we are given to preach is simply this in Matthew chapter three, verse two. And it says this, repent, which means think differently, change your mind, uh, regretting your sins and changing your conduct. So you're going to change your mind. You're going to change the way you think, which is going to in turn change the way you, that you act or your conduct. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, and simply it says, repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your destiny. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. And the reason why that's so important is because that one message is the same message that Jesus preached. He preached that message from the time his ministry started. He, at the very beginning, he said, repent. Why? Because change your mind, change your actions, change your destiny. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things is now at hand. Now, we talked about how people, when they first get born again, they receive Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, and they're asking themselves this question weeks later, months later, years later, man, why is it my life or why doesn't my life look any different now than it did before I ever accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior? I mean, that's a very logical question. I mean, it's a very good question. And, and many people, not, not just a few, many people have that question. Not everybody wants to get honest about that question, but many people have that question. And this is what, this is something that they boosted, and this is something that the father shared with me. He said this, he said, and according to Romans chapter 12, verse two, he says, Paul writing to the church at Rome says this, he says, do not be conformed or don't fashion your life after this world. Now, most people think they're talking about the flesh or things like that. But what he's talking about there, that word cosmos means governing system. Do not fashion your life after this world's governing system, but be transformed. What is it? Or what does that mean? Transform. 
be renewed. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What are you renewing your mind to? If I'm going to be, if I'm not supposed to no longer be conformed or fashion my life after this world system, then what is my life supposed to be fashioned after? I'm glad you asked. Because remember, what was the one message that Jesus came to preach? Repent, change your mind, change your actions, change your destiny. Why? Because the kingdom of God, our God's government system is now at hand. So when Paul was saying this, he says, don't no longer be conformed or fashioned after this world's governing system, not the government, but governing system, but to be changed, to be transformed. To, but how are you going to be transformed? How are you going to be changed? By renewing your mind. What are you going to renew your mind to? The kingdom of God. Isn't that the thing that Jesus said? Repent, change your mind, change the way you think, change your actions, change your decisions. Why? Because God's government system is now at hand. And when you, when you begin to renew your mind to God's government system, what happens? Then you're able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in every situation, circumstance that you come up against. We talked about last week, man, there is a great, we call it the kingdom of God, benefit package, which you will find in Psalms 103. And when you find in Psalms 103, it talks about how, you know, he's, he's forgiven all our iniquities. He's healed all our diseases. He's redeemed our lives from destruction. He's crowned us with love and kindness and tender mercy. He satisfied our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. All these benefits, all these plans, all these advantages are made available to us in God's government kingdom of God are his governing system. But if you don't renew your mind to how that system works, even though they're available to you, you will still be walking around like you're still guilty of sin. You'll still be walking around with sickness and disease all in your body. You're, you're, you're good, your life is still going to be looking like you're walking through destruction. And it's, it's going to feel like there's like there's love, no loving kindness, attendant mercies, and things aren't being supplied to me. And you're like, Lord, my life looks like a whole lot like the same as it was before. And he says, and the very reason why that's happening is because you have to renew your mind by the word of God to understand how do things work in God's governing system or how do things work in the kingdom of God? Now, you're going to, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to share something with you that it, it sounds strange, but it's true. Even though many people come to the cross, even though many people give their lives to the Lord, even though they say, Lord, I surrender my life to you, Jesus, you are my savior. But for many people, Jesus is not Lord. Lord means he gets the final say. He's the, he, he's the, his, the word of God is the final say. What people do, they may be saved, but they have not been converted. They've been saved but they haven't been converted. What does converted mean? Converted, to convert in accordance to the Webster's 1828 dictionary actually means to turn. It also tells you that it changes or turns into another substance or it turns or is, is uh, or it is it, it is to be in change or it's undergoing change. So even though they have said, Lord, here's my life, I lay it down before you in their minds. They have not reprogrammed their mind to God's kingdom way of doing things. So even though they have all the Holy Spirit that they'll ever need, they'll have all the word of God that's available to them. They have all the angels of heaven who will back them up to, to cause them to prosper in every area of their life because they are still operating or fashioning their life after the world's way or the, the, the kingdom of darkness governing system or how things work according to the world, their lives don't look much different now after they came to the cross than what it looked like before they came to the cross. Now you said, why do you keep saying governing system? What is governing? What does that word mean? Well, in accordance to Webster, 1828, that word governing means the directing or controlling or regulating by laws or edicts 
managing influence and restraining. So when you says, do not be conformed to the world's governance system, you're talking about don't be conformed to the world's directing or controlling or regulating by its laws or its edicts, um, uh, its managing or influences. In other words, if, if you're operating according to the world system or the world's governing system, that system ho is holding the superiority, the, the prevalence. In other words, it is it is directing or controlling. It's directing or control, or it's going to direct and control how you operate in your life. You said, but I'm I'm in the world. Yeah, you may be physically in the world, but you're no longer bound to limited to operating according to the world's way of doing things. Because as a citizen of the kingdom of God, see, when you get born again, you don't become a child, you're not just a child of God, but you also become a citizen of heaven. You are you become a citizen in the kingdom of God, and now you are now under a new governing system, and that governing system you will found in the Constitution, aka the Bible, is the Constitution, which is a legal agreement between you as a citizen and the King, Almighty God. And now you, when you come and you say, God, you according to the Constitution that I have with you, King, I'm making this petition through my prayer that my because I seek first your way of doing things because I seek first your operating system and I'm operating in the righteousness I'm in right standing with you and according to Matthew 6 33 all these other things will be added unto me I it does not mean that you don't have a job it does not mean that you don't go to work what it means is is God you are my source and every decision I make in my life from what I wear to what I what, what kind of uh, what kind of foods that I eat, to how I set up a budget in my house, to how I treat my kids, to how I operate according to my wife, how I deal with disputes, all those things. I'm going to come to you first, Father, and I'm going to get under your direction. I'm going to allow you to control up, and I'm going to allow you to govern my life according to your way of doing things, which is all found in the word of God. It's not like it's a super secret that nobody is, is not made available to everybody. It's made available to anybody, but only those who are born again will actually be able to receive, reap the benefits of it. Why? Because in order, unless you are born again, you won't even begin to comprehend or understand God's way of doing things. Y'all see that? So, it, when he's talking about the kingdom of God is God's govern the kingdom is God's government system. In other words, it's God's way of directing, controlling, and governing our motives or regulating our laws because there's laws in the kingdom of God. There's principles in the kingdom of God. And a lot of times the world's way of doing things does count as goes in different directions than God's way of doing things. So we're going to begin. So I hope for the Google books, the, the most important part about all this is, is it's available to you. It's available to you. God's not trying to hide it from you. God's not saying only my super saints can see this. God's telling people and ministers and pastors and leaders all over the world. I want you to teach my people how to operate according to my kingdom. Why? Because this world's government system, I'm not sure if you're watching the news. I'm not sure if you've seen the inflation going on, but this girl, this world's government system is destined to fail. It's not saying that it might fail. It is destined to fail. It's already been prophesied in Matthew chapter 24, that this system is going to fail. So as citizens of the kingdom of God, God has already made a way of escape for you if you will begin to what? Be converted or change your way of thinking so that you repent because God's governance system is made available to you. And all you have to do is begin to learn how to operate in that system. So when you get up every day, your daily focus should be, and according to Matthew chapter 6, Verse nine and ten. When you get up in the morning, you're when after you say hello or brush your teeth or whatever the case may be, you wake up in the morning and says, "Father, oh Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, Father God. Your your 
kingdom governing system come, your will, your way of doing, your nature, your culture, your lifestyle comes, your will, your original tent on earth be done in my life, in my home, in my at my employer, at our church, in our grocery stores, in our government, your praying, our petition in heaven each and every day that God's will be done in your life. Again, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a governing system set up to meet the needs of mankind apart from this world's governing system. It does not mean that you don't work. It does not mean that you totally separate yourself from people and it's like, mm, don't touch me. I'm no more along a party. What it teaches you to do is how to operate according to God's way of doing things. That's the whole reason why Jesus came as a newborn babe and he lived and it talks about what his life did. He walked around, he preached the kingdom of God. He preached that people are to repent, but he also demonstrated how the kingdom operates. When people came up against him, how did he respond? When, when sickness and disease was confronted with him, how did he respond to it? He didn't just say whatever he wanted to say. He didn't just do whatever he wanted to do. He only said what the father told him to say. And he only did what the father told him to do. In fact, in accordance to Matthew chapter four, verse 17, it talks about how from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, glory to God, it says he began to preach. He cried out. What did he say? He said, repent, change your mind for the better, hardly amend your ways with adherence to your past sins. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, he's saying, hey, you need to change your mind, change your actions, and change the way you live. And why? Because God's governing system is available to you to help you to meet all the needs of mankind apart from this world system. Jesus was never bound to this world system. The economy never stopped Jesus from accomplishing God's mission. Uh, uh, sickness and disease never kept him from do, uh, doing God's mission. And it's not, it didn't stop him. And guess what? It won't stop you. When you make a decision, I'm going to follow after. I'm going to have the life, the life that Jesus came to restore back to me. Remember, in accordance to John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief talking about the adversary only comes for three reasons. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, we talked about over the last couple of weeks, what does he come to steal? What is he trying to kill? And what is he trying to destroy? Well, first of all, he wants to come and try to steal your identity. If you don't know who you are or whose you are, you will struggle trying to understand what your purpose is. People want to know who am I and what is my purpose? So if the thief can steal your identity, he's already killed your purpose. He's killed your purpose by default because you don't know who you are. You don't know what it is you are. So you're walking around like somebody walking in the dark, hoping that you're not going to run into a wall or fall into a hole. But he's, he also comes to do this. He says, if I've already stole your identity, I've killed your purpose. I have in turn destroyed your life. But then Jesus said, but I came, I came as a child. I came and I grew up into things and learned and studied the study the, the scrolls and went to the temple and, and learned and understood God's way of doing things according to the constitution of the Bible. And he says, and then when I started my ministry, I only preached one message, and that one message is to repent, change your mind, change your thoughts, change your actions, because God's government system is here. God's way of doing things is here, which supersedes the world's way of doing things. Can I get one amen out there? And he says, I made it available to you. So when I came, I came to restore your identity. I came to restore your purpose. I came to restore your life, not just giving you life here on earth, but I'm giving you eternal life, the God kind of life that you might have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's the kind of life that Jesus came to give to you. That's the kind of life he made available to who? Whosoever would accept it. Now, this sounds crazy. 
it sounds crazy, but you would you so many people refuse the free gift that's offered to them because they are so caught up in this world's governing system that even when you introduce God's way of doing things to them, they like, I'm good. I don't want that. And I'm not talking about people outside of the body of Christ because, you know, that's that's because they've already made a decision to do that. I'm talking about people who've already come to the cross, gave their life to the Lord and says, you know what, even though I know there's a different way, I'm going to do it my way. And they never fully walk in everything that Jesus came and made available to them. Now, you said, but that was Jesus. But see, Jesus is not schizophrenic. The same message that, that John the Baptist preached, the same message that Jesus preached is the same message that he told his disciples to preach. What did Jesus tell them in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1? He told him, he said, and Jesus summoned to him his 12 dis disciples and gave to them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and all kinds of infirmities. And this is what he told them to do in accordance to Matthew chapter 10, verse number seven. He says, and as you go preach, he said, and as you go, when you go out, you go and you preach or you proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. This is what I want you to do after you proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to cure the sick. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to cleanse the lepers. I want you to drive out demons freely without pay you have received, freely without charge you give. What are you saying to you? The same mandate that I have is the same mandate I'm giving to you. Go out and preach to people and preach and let them know, announce, proclaim, declare the kingdom of God is at hand. So if you're sick, you can be cured. If you are, if you are dead, you can be raised. If you have leprosy, or in our case, if you have COVID, or you have cancer, or you have any other disease, you also can be cleansed. And if you are being oppressed by any demonic forces, you can be, we can drive it out in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you've been given authority, and you've also been given dominion. What does that word kingdom mean? A king's domain or a king's rule, reign, and rulership. Those are all the things that when Jesus came and laid his down life on the cross, he did not just die for your sins and iniquities, but he also came to restore life back to you. What kind of life is that? Life where it's in abundance to the full, until it overflows. The God kind of life, the life that Adam and Eve had before they fell in the garden. He came to restore. He came to restore your purpose. He came to restore your identity. He came to restore your life. But guess what? You have to receive it. He can't force it on you. He can't force it on you. He, nobody can force it on you. I can't force it on you. I can offer it to you. I can show you how to do it. I can show you how to operate in it. But ultimately, when it all, when it's all said and done, you are going to have to be the one who comes and receives it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm saying all this that you said, well, that's before he went to the cross and that's what the disciples and all that. But what about after he went to the cross? What did he say then? Well, even after he went to the cross, Jesus came back and talked about the exact same thing to his disciples in accordance to Acts chapter one. In verse two, he says, and until the day in which he was taken up after, through, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to his apostles whom he had chosen to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them doing 40 days and speaking to them, what is he speaking to them of? Things pertaining to the kingdom of God. His message never changed. His mandate never changed. His instruction to his apostles and disciples never changed. What's his message still today? Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your mind, change your thinking, change your actions, because my 
kingdom way, God's kingdom governing system, his nature, his lifestyle, and his culture is made available to you that it will restore back and it's been restored back to you the life like Adam and Eve had it. You could have heaven on earth, just like the song was saying, heaven on earth. You can operate now on earth just like things are in heaven. It's made available to you now. Now, what is one of the what is one of the greatest enemies are not only today, but also even during Jesus' time, what was one of the greatest enemies to his message? One of the greatest enemies of that message was religion, religious thinking, traditions, not even so much as religion, traditions, man's traditions was one of the greatest issues that Jesus dealt with. People outside of the church really didn't give Jesus much slack because they didn't know they were none the wiser. But people who were who were in the church who had come up with traditions and ways of doing things, when Jesus began talking about the kingdom of God is at hand, it, it totally went against what it is they had already come and formalized in their own minds how things were supposed to go, and they refused to receive his message. In fact, they couldn't even see it. How do you know they couldn't see it? Well, go with me to John chapter three, the gospel of John chapter three, verse number one. And it says this, I'm reading out a new King James version. It says this, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. I call him Nick at night. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, rabbi or teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these signs or wonders that you do unless God is with him. So Jesus would preach the gospel of the kingdom, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and then there was always signs and wonders that followed it. He goes on to say, Jesus, now when Nicodemus said this to Jesus, you would think Jesus was like, man, you're right, that is, but that's not what he said. This is what Jesus said to him. He says, Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see or perceive or understand the kingdom of God or God's government system. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter to his the second time into his mother's womb? Now, Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews, so he's he has status in the in the church of that time and Jesus is talking to him spirit Nicodemus responded to him in the natural why because Nicodemus was not born again so he could not even perceive what it is that Jesus was saying to him what did Jesus do he said to him again he says he said most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of water and of the spirit he cannot even enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, unless you be by, by the water and by the spirit of God, you cannot even begin to understand or comprehend God's way of doing things. If you're not open to receive or try to understand God's way of doing things, if you haven't put your faith and believed on Jesus, it will be hard for you to be able to understand what the word of God is saying or the kingdom of God is saying because you hear, but you don't hear. You see, but you don't see because your heart is closed and you don't want to hear all that stuff. You don't believe all that stuff. And none of that stuff makes any sense to you. So I'm, you're, you've made up your mind. I'm going to do it my way. What did Jesus say to him? He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. What does born again mean? Born again, what does that mean? It says this, and, and how do you, in fact, how do you get born again? How is it that you are, that you are born again or become, get back in right relationship with God? Well, Jesus told us how to do it in, in John chapter three, verse 16. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but what should they have? everlasting life or the God kind of life or what did Jesus come to give us in John 10 10 life in abundance to the full until it overflows 
people says, no, but God, but God is the one who condemns. God is the one who's judging. God is the one who's putting all these things on me. Let's clear. Let's clarify that misconception. Let's, let's expose that lie. Verse 17 says this, for God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn it. So God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn it, but he sent him, he said, that, but that through the world, through Jesus, the world, through him go, who living and, and dying on the cross and, and being resurrected on the third day, him living and paying the sin debt, he, that the world through him might be saved. That word saved sozo means healed, delivered, made whole, and complete. He also, go, he says this, he says, he says this, glory to God. He says that he who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Did it say that Jesus was the one who condemned? Nope. Did it say that God was the one who condemned? No. What happened? The person made a decision. I don't believe, but I don't want to receive the free gift that he made available to me. So I'm going to continue to do it my way, according to this world's government governing system, not the government, but governing system. He says, because why is this person here? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the kind, this is the condemnation that the light has come or the revelation has come into the world to show the world the truth and men love the darkness that they the the deeds that they were doing in the dark more so than what it is uh the light made available to them it's like you know what i appreciate it he says but i they love darkness rather than light because their deeds or their lifestyle was evil. So he says, I sent my son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So they wouldn't receive judgment. So he wouldn't be condemned, but they made people will make their own decision. I want to live this life, the life that I want to live. I want to have, I want to continue to live according to the kingdom, uh, governance system that's on the earth right now i know jesus came to give me life i know he came that i might have life in abundance to the full to the overflow i know that he came to restore my identity my purpose and my life but i rather continue to do things my own way god will not force you in fact he's right right here how do you get born again how do you get back in right relationship with him? How do you become a citizen of the kingdom of God so that you can truly begin that process of repenting, changing your mind, changing your action thoughts, changing your actions? How do you start that process? Well, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, well, 8 to 13, it says this. It says, but the word of God is near you. It says this, the word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you go confess or acknowledge with your mouth that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame whoever believes on jesus will not be put to shame that that means yellow black or white polka dot doesn't matter what your status is whoever whoever confesses or acknowledges him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between the jew and the greek or for the same lord over all is rich in all it, is overall is rich to all who call upon him for again whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved whoever it doesn't matter where you started it don't matter what you was doing two seconds before you heard this message whoever calls on the name of the lord will be saved they will be born again and what happens once they become born again they become citizens of the kingdom of god and when they begin to read the word they begin to renew or change their way of thinking so that they can begin to operate according to the kingdom of god's governing system that meets the needs of mankind apart from this world without being uh, dependent on this current world system, 
then their life begins to change because they have made a decision. I'm changing the way that I'm thinking so that I can prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will in every situation and circumstance in my life. Everything, everything, everything starts with wisdom. Wisdom. See, a lot of times people have knowledge. They have a little bit of understanding, but they're not really sure how to put that knowledge into practice. Well, what we're, what we're doing right now is telling you, man, it's, it's good that you hear about you came to the cross man it's great that you did that but there is life after the cross he wants you to walk in the new he doesn't want you to walk in that old way of doing things he wants you to walk in the new proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 talks about how wisdom is the principal thing wisdom the chief most important thing of all the most important thing you could do the most important thing you could have is the wisdom of god he says therefore get wisdom and with all you're getting, get understanding. It's not just enough to have knowledge, but you got to get comprehensive insight into the knowledge of the God's governing system. If you do not, even though your spirit man is brand new, you will continue to walk your life in the same, making the same decisions, the same mistakes, going around that same mountain over and over again and over and over again and you're like lord your word don't work and god's thing is like my word works every time you have not learned how to work the word the word of god works every single time glory to god in the highest Woo, glory to god now i'm going to tell you this if you're going to walk in the new if you're going to walk in this new life, if you're going to renew your mind by the word of God so you can understand God's governing system, you have to be intentional. It's not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You have to be intentional. I said, you got to be intentional. Like when somebody wants to lose, you know what? You know, if you want to really lose weight, you know, the Bible will help you lose weight. What? The Bible will help you lose weight. And I'm going to tell you how. First of all, you got to realize that your body houses the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the moment you get born again, the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you. So everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes. Everything you see, the Holy Spirit sees. Everything you hear, the Holy Spirit hears. Everything you say, Holy Spirit can hear you say. So Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. So in accordance to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says that we are to glorify God in our spirit and body, which are God's, which is actually 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 20. We will glorify God in our spirit and body. Now, say you're overweight and you know you need to lose some weight. The first thing you do as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you come to the king. King, I'm coming to you. I'm making this petition. Hey, and according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 20, I have not glorified you in my body, and I acknowledge that I haven't glorified you in my body, and I ask you to forgive me right now in the name of Jesus. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to forgive you, and he's going to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Then what you're going to say, I need you to help me to lose this weight. Guess what he's going to start talking about? He's going to begin talking to you about what is it that the foods that you're eating? And then he'll take you to, he may take you to Genesis, talking about the kind of diet that uh, the, the eating ha habits that, that Adam and Eve had before the fall. He might take you to the book of Daniel, talking about the debt with the Daniel fast, so you can go through a cleansing process. He might begin talking about you, how, you know, you need to get proper rest, how much rest you need to get. And see, in quarters to Proverbs, uh, uh, Psalms 127, uh, verse two, so he gives his beloved sweet sleep. So it's not only that you, that, that you're come, see everything that you will ever need is found in his word. Hey, kingdom way is I'm acknowledging the fact I haven't glorified you in my body. Father, he, he begins to talk to you about your diet or your eating habits. Remember, he says he, he gives you, he supplies your mouth with good things. So he's going to, he's going to tell you some of the things you might need to cut out. You might need to cut out those desserts. You might need to cut out all that sugar. You might need to stop e eating all that fast food. He might even tell you that you need to cook earlier. He might tell you that you need to go to bed earlier and get more rest. He might even tell you, hey, you need to go to the gym or work out through some type of exercise three times a week. All those things you will find. Guess what? All that stuff is found in the word. 
when it talks about you know uh, bodily exercise is profitable for 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 a season, it's profitable for a season. Why? Because you're only going to be alive in this temple for a season. So what do you do? You go to him and you make a petition to the king. The king then will send you, has given you the governor, which is the Holy Spirit, and he will begin to walk you through his word and show bring words up to your remembrance about things you, that you things that his word talks about eating or sleeping or resting or exercising, and then he will begin to give you wisdom or the, the show you the proper use of the knowledge with comprehensive insight that he's given you so you could apply it to your everyday life. But you have to be intentional. And this is where, this is where I believe that we're gonna stop in the name of Jesus. It says this in Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, it says this, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let the words depart from your eyes. Keep the word of God in the midst of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because for the issues of your life, the issue, why? Because when you keep the word in, in the midst of your heart, when you keep the word before your eyes, what happens is that, that word will begin to, it will be life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So you can find life and you can find health the more that you spend time in the word of God, getting wisdom, not only getting wisdom, but getting getting knowledge with comprehensive insight so that you can get understanding on how to apply this word according to the kingdom in your everyday life. Do y'all see that? It says, now, what, what also happens because you have the word in your eyes, because you have the word in the midst of your heart, because that word has become life and health to you, it also causes you to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 talks about guarding your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flows all the issues of life. He says, this is what you got to do. He says, you got to put away from you. This is something you have to do. Put away from you deceitful or lying or twisted or wicked a mouth put away from you perverse lips far from you it says let your eyes look straight ahead put your eyes straight ahead on what on the word of god according to the word of the kingdom of god on how to do things live a life according to god's government governing system that is that is can that controls you that controls and 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 leads you and dictates you how you are to operate in your life. It's telling you to do all these things. He says, he says, glory to God. He says, don't look to your left, don't look to your right. Let your eyes look straight ahead. He says, he says this. He says, your eyelids look right before you. He says, ponder the path of your feet. In other words, think about where it is you're going to go. Think about the things you're going to do. Do, is what I'm going to do lining up what how the kingdom of God says I'm supposed to do is the things that I'm saying is it lining up with God's governing system as the things that I'm thinking is it lining up with the words that's in my eyes and, and the word that I'm keeping in the midst of my heart is all these things lining up with God's way of doing things from this day forward because you are a citizen of the kingdom of god because you made a decision i'm going to repent i'm going to change my, my mind i'm going to change my thinking that's going to impact my actions so that i from this day forward i will be able to prove for every situation and every circumstance what is god's governing way his nature his lifestyle his way of doing things his culture and something is interesting about that word uh, perverse lips, keep it from perverse lips. What does that mean? Keep it from perverse lips. That word perversion is, is most people think about that word perversion from a, a simply a sexual standpoint, but it's not. It says that word perversion actually means the act of perverting or this is, listen to this part, a turning from truth or propriety, a diverting from the true intent or object and change it to something that's word. So when Adam and Eve was in the garden, they, Satan presented to them a perverted 
or a twisted truth or, or uh, uh, yeah, perverted truth, something that would turn them from the, from the true intent or object or, and change it to something that was worse. God says, hey, you can, of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat, but the trees of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat of it. But the day of it, you should surely die. The adversary comes and says, you should not surely die because God knows in the moment you do that, you'll be just like him. What he did he do? He prevented a, he had perverse lips and he spoke a perverted truth. And you're hearing a lot of perverted truth coming across your airways. You're seeing it on social media. You're having your friends say it. You're seeing it on Facebook. You're seeing it on Instagram. You're seeing it on Twitter. It's, it's around you everywhere. So you got to be like Proverbs 4, 23. I got to guard my heart against anything that does not line up with God's governing system, God's way of doing. From this day forward, I make a hard decision. I'm going to repent. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to renew my mind according to the kingdom of God. I made a decision that from this day forward, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to keep that word in the midst, in, in my eyes. I'm going to keep it in the midst of my heart because when I do, it's going to be bring life and it's going to bring health and healing to all my flesh. In other words, all the benefits that have been made available to me as a result of Jesus going to the cross, I'm going to step in and walk in that new way of doing. I'm going to walk into that new way of living. I'm going to begin to walk new. I'm going to begin talking new. I'm going to be able to make new decisions based off of the kingdom of God, opposed to operating according to the kingdom of darkness. There's life after the cross. And he wants you to walk in the new. And he says, the only way you're going to be able to walk in the new is you got to renew your mind by the word of God concerning the kingdom of God. That, that's, that was Jesus' whole message. That was the only message he preached. That was the only message his apostles preached. Repent. God's kingdom way of doing things is at hand and in order but in order for you to be able to walk in those things you have to be born again that's why they say repent uh, and receive the remission of your sins and be born again why because they knew the only way that you will be able to become a citizen of the kingdom and receive all the benefits that that kingdom has made available to you you have to be born again and it's the same thing today as it was the day that Jesus said it. So what do we do? We already told you how to do it. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 says this, the word of God is near you, that you're hearing the word. So it's going to give you an opportunity to repent, change your mind, change your thoughts, change your actions. The word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, and it's the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved means healed delivered, set free, made whole. He says, you shall be saved. He says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, right standing with God, and with your mouth, confession or acknowledgement is made unto salvation or unto born again. So repeat this prayer after me, confess it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, man, you'll get right back and right standing, you will, you become a citizen of the kingdom of God. You'll be able to uh, be uh, uh, eligible for all the benefits that are in the benefit package in accordance to Psalms 103. And man, so, so, so much more. And you'll be able to begin to understand how to operate according to God's kingdom governing system. Repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin, Lord. I'm sorry. And I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I am born again. I am in right standing. I am now a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I'm now eligible for every benefit that is made available to me. I now have the life 
but Jesus came to give me. In Jesus' name, amen and glory to God. Well, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you uh, back into the kingdom. We want to welcome you into right relationship. We want to welcome you back into right position. So what do you do now? Now that you're back in, now that you're in the kingdom of God, what do you do next? Well, first of all, you got to get it in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and how to operate according to the love of God. Now, we believe that Ignite Depot is that church. So if you want to join us each Saturday at 5 p.m., we'd love to have you come join us on site, uh, um, especially this upcoming month because it's going to be a special month. We'd love to have you come join us uh, at 5 p.m., every Saturday. Now, if some reason you're too far away or you work and you can't get there at five o'clock, hey, catch us online, catch us on Facebook, catch us on YouTube, catch us on Twitter. Uh, we'd love for you to, you can watch this video and many more uh, that we, we did before now. And also if you're too busy and you, can, and you live way far, like you live in another nation, you can catch it on the podcast at Ignite, the number two life, Ignite to life, uh, audio podcast, and you can catch this and many other messages that we've already recorded. I do want to make this very special announcement. Next week, everybody said next week. Next week, we will be beginning our month of Church in the Park in the month of May. Church in the Park, where, where our, our, our facility is, we have a park that's right next to it. So we're going to be having Church in the Park for the month of May. It's always a great time. We have a time of fellowship. We have a time of, of worship with, 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 uh, with the word, a uh, time of fellowship with one another. And there is a message that comes through so that you, so it's, it helps you continue to renew your mind by the word of God, but it's a great time. So it's the same location in Greeley. Man, we'd love to have you. Go check out our website at ignitetolife.com for more details, but we look forward to having you there with us. And remember this, there is life after the cross and it's time for you to begin to walk in the new. But the only way you're gonna be able to walk in the new is you have to be intentional by renewing your mind by the word of God. Now, on behalf of... Uh, um, Minister Juin and the entire Night Nation. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.